0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 57th episode of WT Fada. I am
1: one half. To half. God damn it! I already fucked it up. Why did you let me do it? I'm I'm taking it for the rest of the for the rest of our WT Fada careers, man. Jesus, I am
0: one half of the hosting duo that makes up the show. I am Ron, joined here as always by John. How are you?
1: Doing well, man. We're off to a rip-roaring start. I'm yeah. tongue-tied. Well, I'm just about to, like, pack up my stuff and, you know, we can table this. Cause, <sighs> you, you know, you, you got me off. I'm the wrong vibe, the wrong foot here. I don't know if I can do this. You know, we're too big of a show for this to be happening.
0: I know. It feels like amateur hour, and there's many people all around the world that are like, guys, what the fuck? I can't believe that I wasted time listening to this. Yeah, you'll find me in the dressing room. I'm out. I always find you in the dressing room.
1: It's where I get dressed. It's on purpose. <laughs> uh how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. let's, let's get this on the right <laughs> Let's foot do now. it. Woo! Dude, um, so I've been listening to that book, Chaos about the Manson murders. Yeah. You heard it? Uh I'm crazy, dude. I wish I wish I'd listened to it before we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Granted, it's a whole different story, but I mean, just get a little bit of context. Yeah, but I, I
0: think it definitely pays to know, like, when you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. like, the sense of dread that you feel the entire way through, and then the relief when it turns out that that's not where we're going. That yeah. it's like we're rewriting history to I mean, write history. They know? go
1: into excruciating detail.
0: It's, on yeah. The way it goes down. Have you read it? Uh, I know a lot about the yeah. Manson murders yeah. and. and Things that they did to those people, and just yeah, it's it's horrible. Crazy, it's wild. I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with. Uh, it seemed like mindless cruelty. You know what I mean? Like they just didn't. It's like they did it for no reason. Yeah. You know? Not that there ever would be a reason for the things that they were doing, but it's just. It was, like, the whole, like, well, Charlie said jump, so we said how high. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. A lot of drugs
2: involved.
1: Yeah. A lot of drugs.
0: I think that that's, like, that's what's... That's what's uncomfortable about it, you know, is is just... Those people... I I don't know. I mean, they went there with the intent of hurting people. Like, it was on their mind.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But it just... It is just horrible. I have no words.
1: And it, he got people that have no violent past. They were just normal people, and he just like brainwashed them. Yeah. And like you know, one of the one of the women that was a part of the murder, she was like describing the feeling she got, which you know, drew, you know I won't go into that much detail because it's just like, <clears throat> but when you know when she was. Killing Sharon Tate, she just described it. it, was like, like, better than having an orgasm with, like, her words. It was, like, the feeling she got. You know, at one point she stuck her finger in the open wound and, like, just, like, licked her blood and, like, drank it? Oh, Crazy. <laughs>
0: This is like the second one in a row where, like, it started off and we just were like, "Yeah, we're talking about the Golden State Killer, and, like, now we're, like, talking about this. Oh, yeah. I I feel like we're itching to do a true crime episode, aren't we? Yeah, I
1: was thinking about that, too.
0: (sighs) Man, it's weird. But, yeah, no, it's horrendous. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't read Chaos. Mm. Um, I know quite a bit about the Manson Martyrs, but that was something that i hadn't heard
1: yeah i'm listening to it I'm i got to try people. it out something like that i can listen to i've tried listening to other books yeah it doesn't just work out. it's horrible though yeah but yeah that's what i've been doing <laughs> what have you been up to
0: uh i don't know just kind of um same old same old it's um my birthday tomorrow so yes it is i'm uh The whole, like, right around my birthday, I don't know why, I always get, like, super depressed. I'm just, like, not doing well Mm. in that department. So I kind of have just, like, receded from my, uh, a lot of my activities. I'm just, like, focusing on fictional worlds right now. Taking Mm. a little break, a little mental vacation so that I can, uh, just get through this week. and, And I should be good, I imagine. I don't know why that happens i think i just kind of get like very reflective you know and mm. maybe i just know, huh, like you, you sometimes you just feel like you're not doing enough but at the same time it's like how much more can you reasonably do you know i i i feel like i've been going like full steam for like three months and this is the first time i've been like okay like maybe i should stop it's been like I go to work, I go home, and I work on shit. I go to work, I go home, and I work on shit. This is the first time I've, like, stopped doing that. So, I don't know. <clears throat> is what it is, I guess. Right, right. It's hard to... Hard to explain the feeling. But I, um... I started... I, I've wanted to like 100% Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've kind of been filling my time with. Is just going back into there and being like, okay, what do I have left that I need to do? So right now I'm out hunting egrets, which is a pain in the ass. They're very fancy birds. Somebody <laughs> wants, somebody wants an egret plumes so that they can make hats. So that's what I'm doing.
1: And, Exciting.
0: Yeah, it's going all right. I don't know. <laughs> the egrets and alligators go hand in hand so you kind of have to watch your step
1: <laughs> yeah she's like <laughs> could be worse you could have covid like robert pattinson
0: uh, <sighs> nice segue into that yeah. uh yeah robert pattinson has covid 19.
1: Yeah. allegedly 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 not good for you know The more and more studies i see coming about covid it was like a strong link between people with Vitamin D deficiency and like how severely they get affected by COVID, which is not good for a guy like Pattinson who can't go out into the sun anyway. I know. <laughs> Sparkles.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He to sparkle and he'll die.
1: So it's like, yeah. he's gonna double sword there. Like the one thing that can hit, save him is gonna kill him. Yeah. And then, you know, playing the Batman now, he's always out at night and yep. you know, spends his days in caves. Yeah. It's just It's just not looking good for
0: in there. Yeah. I. I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, like, 2020 is, like, that year, you know what I mean? It's that year that just won't stop. It's a great year for us to turn 30. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, no, it it really feels like, um, you know, like, I I was joking around the other day. I was like, I was like, I'm going to look back. On the year that was 2020 and the flaming wreckage of it all
2: mm.
0: you know you're gonna see me standing there and you're gonna be like "What? what is he thinking about what is he thinking about and then you're slowly gonna pan in on my face and you're gonna see that i'm like smiling and then i'm just gonna be like that batman teaser was great yeah that's it <laughs> like that's the whole year that's everything every, nothing else really mattered to me like I, whatever like everything is horrible mm. it's always hard so the batman teaser it was like that was the highlight of the year and now i'm like robert pattinson's gonna die they're gonna have to cancel production you know (laughs) like that that movie's never gonna come out a lot of people on set have it (laughs) that's what they said and that's what's happens when like your lead actor Hmm. has covid19 because it's like that's the person you're following through the entire story so he has scenes with Jeffrey Wright. He has scenes with Colin Farrell. He has scenes with Zoe Kravitz. He's working with Matt Reeves. All the cast and crew are like constantly swirling around him. Yeah. And it's like, of course this is gonna happen. Yeah. I'm I'm so upset about it though. Like just just the idea that we have a we have a, a crying child that is just really upset. Yeah.
1: If you don't like
0: the show, then don't watch us, like, do it.
1: Migrated to uh, the parking lot, like, far away, far-ish away from the park to avoid stuff like this. But, you know, you just can't get away from screaming children. No. But it's like, everybody's a critic, you know? Like, if you don't
0: like what we're saying, then don't listen. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Unbelievable. Okay, anyways, what I was saying was, I just am so upset about the whole thing because... Literally, like it, I think it shows the vulnerability, right? Because they went back to work. Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. If I if I if what I read was correct, they either went back to work on September the first or September the third to resume production.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like this, this happened like almost day in date with wow. them going back. Like, it shows how vulnerable we are, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know, like, I don't necessarily... What I think... I, I don't know where Robert Pattinson has been since filming paused, but he would have had to travel, I would assume, to get back to the set. Right. So, I think he probably contracted it... Contracted it, Jesus Christ. On... Uh, You know, on a flight or something. travels, But I honestly, at this point, right, like, you're such a big production from Warner Brothers that it's like, give him a private jet that has been, like, sanitized the fuck out. Like, that's how he should travel there. I don't know how he traveled
1: there. Unless he got it from someone else on set. I don't know. One of the
0: PAs. Well, you never know because you got to think, like, they also have hair and makeup people. Right. That are poking and prodding their fucking faces all day, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't know what they they've been doing, and I don't know, man, I don't know, yeah. but it just it just goes to show, like I, I I think that I think we all want everything to go back to normal immediately, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be like a slow crawl back to normalcy. I don't think that we're changed forever, but I do think that it's going to take a while It'll to get back to normal, now.
2: because the Spanish decide. flu
0: came and
1: went. Yeah, you know? It's been a lot of, oh, shit.
2: Yeah. It'll be alright,
1: but now all jokes aside, I hope Pattinson's all right. You know, it's a yeah. pretty, pretty serious virus, so I hope. Well, it, it's it's nerve wracking,
0: you know. Like it just is one of those things where it's um like I, I I keep looking at it like people are probably going to be okay if they're healthy. But that being said, I kind of look at Robert Pattinson, and I'm like, I don't know yeah. how healthy you are,
1: you know. Well, The Rock and his family have it, and dude, he's if, supposed to be healthy. If The Rock can't beat COVID, then there is no hope. You for you imagine any of us? If he if he falls victim to COVID, I think the world is in shambles. Yeah, I think societies fall, cities fall. And it's just going to go, like, complete post-apocalyptic. If The Rock can't beat COVID, we are all doomed. Rock, paper, COVID, shoot. Yeah.
0: COVID beats Rock. Oh. No, I hope not. No, I hope, no. <laughs> I hope not, too. Damn. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I The fact that he and his entire family got it. Yeah. was like, oh, Jesus. COVID doesn't just kill you. It kills your whole family.
1: Dude, it's... Crazy.
0: It's horrible. But it's... I don't know, man. There's just no way... I don't know. There's no way around it. It's gonna be horrendous for the next... For the foreseeable future. Mm. But the window of the foreseeable future has gotten smaller and smaller as time has gone on. Like, now it's like, I don't know what next week's gonna be like. No clue. You know? But it is... I do... that. The pressure to get back to normal has really been a, uh, has really been extreme, you know? Uh-huh. Even, like, them sending kids back to school, I don't understand it. Yeah. It seems way too early to me. <sighs> like, I don't know, man. Like, do you really think that you should put kids that have problems with social boundaries anyways? Kids that just let their
1: boogers just fly, and they eat them and rub them on and everything. Right. And do you really think that it's like, time for that? They sh- just sh- shamelessly <clears throat> cough in your face. And they're like, oh, well,
0: yeah, but, like, the kids are less at risk. And it's like, yeah, less is the key word. Not completely not at risk. Less at risk. Less and then at risk also to get it or to die from it? To To die from it. I believe, yeah, is what they're saying. Just throw
1: them in and just be like, yeah, you guys probably won't die from it.
0: Right. That's I mean, what I mean. It's like, that's crazy in and of itself. But then you have to think that there are teachers, there are adults that need to look after these fucking kids. They're not less at
1: risk. Well, not even that. It's like, even, you know, like, I, I probably won't die from herpes, but I want to fucking get it. I'm not going to jump in like a... Well, you have just it, so <laughs> just gonna have to deal with just that. Just a pool of like herpes, dude. You're like, I won't. I probably won't die from this. It Doesn't mean I want to expose myself to it. You know, like what like if Charlie
0: Sheen was like, "Do yeah. you want to use my hot tub?" You'd be like, "Nah, no, I'm, like, no. I'm good." You'd be like, "Dude, you're not gonna die from <laughs> it."
1: I'm like, "I know, but I still don't want it." Yeah. Yeah, herpes I don't know. probably wasn't the best thing to compare it to. No, that's fine. But you know, you get the point, right? I get the it's point. It's just like something that. You know, if you get it, it really sucks, even if you're not going to fucking die from it. Yeah.
0: I don't know. And then, on the kind of, like, the other side of the DC film, this thing, have you, like, heard anything about Ray Fisher versus Warner Brothers? Who's Ray Fisher? Ray Fisher is the guy that was going to play Cyborg in Justice League and Uh instead got cut out of the movie. Oh wait, no. He was actually in the theatrical cut. He just didn't do anything because Joss Whedon doesn't like black people. Is that what happened? I I am assuming. Oh my god. That's what you know, I'm
1: assuming. I think I did hear something about that.
0: Yeah, they they've been like going back and forth, and like he was like, he basically said that uh, at one point Jeff Johns brought him in to, um, brought him into like a room and was having a meeting with him, and he was like, look, you know, we want you to do this, and this, and this. And Ray Fisher was like, okay, but I don't think that we should do this, this, and this. And, they like, he was trying to have a conversation about it, and Jeff Johns was like, look, you're going to do what we're telling you to do, because you're the actor, and we're telling you what to do. And he was just like, if you don't, then we're going to, I'm paraphrasing, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure what he initially said was that Jeff Johns said basically that, like, if you don't, then, like, you know, that's going to get out that you don't cooperate, you know, and then it's going to affect your career. Wow. Right? So uh, Ray Fisher has come out and, like, has started, like, explaining this. And basically what he's... what, What people were piecing together is that what Jeff Johns did is, in the state of California... One hundred percent illegal. It should be to do something like that. So, basically, it seems like we're ramping up for some type of lawsuit towards at least Jeff Johns, if not, you know, Warner Brothers Pictures, right? So, Ray Fisher <laughs> wanted to talk to Warner Media uh, and have them launch an investigation into it, and then. Warner Brothers pictures said, okay, yes, we got somebody and we want him to talk to you, right? And when they had their Zoom meeting, Ray Fisher said that the guy that he was talking to had somebody else present, and they kept wanting him to, like, give more information, more information, more information, and he was like, he, he he was like, I'm not, you know, feeling comfortable about this i feel like i should have people here too if you have somebody else like and he backed out of the meeting so he said all of this stuff and then warner brothers pictures was like hey we gave you a guy to talk to you and you refuse to communicate you know and then ray fisher was like yeah because i think your guy doesn't have my interests at heart i think your guy is working for you which is why i asked warner media like the parent company to launch the investigation, because I don't trust you. And that's where we stand right now. Wow. And it's just like, holy shit. It's really intense. And I'm like, Jeff Johns, uh, apparently, is a scumbag. Uh, and I didn't know that. He's written a lot of, like, great comic books. And, like, he really is a fantastic writer. Um, and I think he cares about the DC characters, but I don't think he cares about people. Yeah. At all. I'm, things are going to come out about Jeff Johns, uh, and they don't... It doesn't sound like they're going to be flattering.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, yeah. I've always felt bad about <clears throat> Ray Fisher, because when Zack Snyder was making that movie, he said that Cyborg was the... Kind of, like, the heart of the film.
2: Mhm.
0: Um, kind of, like, the emotional center of it. And then Joss Whedon came in, and he just chopped, chopped, chopped everything out Um, and I guess one of the things that Zack Snyder didn't have was uh, Cyborg's catchphrase which originated on like a children's cartoon I believe is where it started it was like on Teen Titans Um, but he used to say booyah you know and when they brought that up Ray Fisher was like no I don't want to fucking say that. And that's what that whole issue came over. It was like, oh, yeah? this is fan service. They know the character from Teen Titans, you know, so he should use the catchphrase, blah, blah, blah. And Ray Fisher kind of felt that there was, like, there's, like, racial things tied up in that, you know? The that's how That's how I read it, is he kind of felt like, I feel like that's uncomfortable for me. Like, I'm uncomfortable that you want me to say this thing. You know, and they just like made him do it, and you can actually see it in the final cut of Justice League, the the, the theatrical one. There's oh. the moment where he's like looking up and he's like booya, and you can see in his face that he just is fucking angry.
1: Oh no shit! That's yeah, yeah. No idea.
0: It's supposed to be the moment where like they've defeated the villain, yeah, and he just looks like he's upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh man. Yeah.
1: Is booya a racial thing?
0: I have no idea, but the way that I read it, that's how Ray Fisher was taking it. That's how that's how I interpreted it. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. But for me, the only reason that you would be like, I ain't saying booyah,
2: mm.
0: it, and be that upset about Let's it, if, like, I feel like it has right to it. be that way, right? I don't know the origin, uh, you know, I don't know where that originated from, I don't know what it originally meant, but I also know that a black actor played Cyborg on Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was in the script for Teen Titans or if the black actor brought that to the role and used it just because he thought it was fun. And now another now because white guys are are stewarding the the character right, like white guys are taking the character into the film, so they're telling a black actor to say "booyah," and the black actor's like, "What the fuck? Like, don't make me say, you know what I mean? Like nonsense yeah. words,
1: you know?" I got
0: is booyah racist? Hey guys, it's Ron from the future. Um, here's the thing. Ray Fisher was upset about saying booyah not necessarily because the word booyah is racist, but just because he did not want his character to be reduced to just the cool black guy that says catchphrases. Um, and aside from the booyah incident, uh, what was really going on was that Um, he was accusing Joss Whedon of gross and abusive conduct on the set of Justice League. Um, the booyah thing is just one small part of it. So I had the story a little bit wrong. I just wanted to make sure that I've clarified that, you know, I'm learning stuff from Kayla Kennedy over on what's the story. So clarifications, important. All right, let's get back to it. Just keep that stuff in
1: mind. Oh my God, it's coming up. Yeah. I put, well, I, I didn't. You know how, like, Google, like, a predictive text? Yeah. I just wrote, is booyah, and then, like, the first thing was, said racist. Is it? Let's see. I gotta figure this out. That's how it started, though.
0: We're taking a brief commercial break. Oh, yeah. While John is researching. This episode is brought to you by... Kaiser, free-range chicken. It's the most delicious chicken on the planet. I had a little bit of it uh, last night for dinner. Um, I made a chicken parm with a beautiful cut of uh, Kaiser free-range chicken breast uh, tender wine. And, uh, oh, my lord, was it the most beautiful and delicious chicken parm I think I've ever tasted. Juicy, tender, and absolutely flavorful. Uh, The secret to Kaiser's free-range chicken is that they actually let their chickens roam free on a pasture um, out in the western part of the state. Um, I've seen photos of the place. I've never actually been there. Um, Kaiser free-range chicken. The pastures look immaculate. The chickens get to walk around. They get to feed on the things the chickens would normally feed on. So I'm talking about um, bugs and grass and uh, all sorts of things like that. They have the, the run of the farm, more or less. And that's why Kaiser Free Range Chicken is the king of chicken.
1: I've come up short sure with my search. There's a lot. There's, like, a lot Oh yeah. on it. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a definitive answer for you if it is or not.
0: I just know that, like... The thing, the thing that I feel, right, is that if if that if that came from if all right, the original cartoon. This is where we have to go. We have to go back to the source, right? The cartoon had a black actor playing Cyborg, and I'm pretty sure that that's where that catchphrase came from, mm-hmm. right? So if the black actor said "booyah," just you know, in the dialogue, and they kept it, mm-hmm. right? Then I'm like, I don't necessarily feel like this is inherently racist. This is just somebody brought that to the character and now it's part of the character right but the optics of it for ray fisher is white guys are telling him to say booyah Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but it's like well white guys are telling you to say booyah because a black actor established that as part of the character that you're playing now because it's like depending on your knowledge changes your perception i think a little bit you know right it's the same reason why like there's that tv show batman the brave and the bold it's was just, like, a really, like, silly, goofy uh, Batman cartoon, kind of like the 60s show. But in that, they had Aquaman, uh, like, one of the things he would always do is, Outrageous! You know? And the entire time I was watching Justice League, I was like, Come on, Jason Momoa, come on! And then even when I was watching Aquaman, I'm like, Just say outrageous, motherfucker! <laughs> you know? It's just something that I wanted.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: so I, you know for people that are bigger fans of Cyborg, like, maybe they are sitting there waiting, like, is he gonna say Booyah? Is he gonna do it? You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, catchphrase. I,
0: yeah, and then, like, if it does turn out that Booyah's racist, then it's like, well, we let a racist, we let a character have a racist catchphrase. Yeah. Whoops! Sorry! I don't know. Everything's so tense <laughs> right now. Like, just in the world in general, mm-hmm. and, like, everybody's, like, scrambling to try to figure out how to, like, do the right things. So, uh... Feel like we look back on like cartoon depictions of like the ethnicities of people that we were fighting during World War Two, and it's like, oh Jesus, this is garish, yeah. you know. Uh, and now it's like that, like that perspective, that hindsight twenty twenty thing, is going to be like condensed to a point where we're like we look back five years ago and we're like, holy shit, I can't believe that we were fucking saying that, you know. Mm-hmm feels like we're moving pretty fast yeah. trying to trying to fix this i hope i don't know but anyways i feel like uh I don't have that much else to talk about yeah let's move into the topic all right so we're gonna throw to commercial and we'll be right back and again uh kaiser free ranch chicken where chicken is king
2: Hey,
1: hey, hey! It's your girl Kayla. Can't get enough of the
2: WT Fada Network? Me either. So join me and Ron Beek III for the newest edition to the WT Fada Network at our new podcast,
1: "What's the Story," where we analyze and discuss the art and structure of storytelling. I mean, it gets real deep, folks. So if you're ready to get that brain stimulated, join us. At What's The Story. Because we can't wait to share our stories with you. Johnny, what the fuck are we talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ron. Because today we're talking about Christopher Nolan's newest film, Tenet.
0: Yeah. We got to go to Chunky's again. Um, We sat closer to the screen, so I felt like I heard the movie better. And I heard the orders around us uh slightly less which is good it, it was helpful for a movie that is as bewildering as Tenet. so it's glad that i was able to at least pay attention that being said if i wasn't able to pay attention i don't know how much more i would have gotten out of it so i yeah i agree this one
1: was very very hard to follow <laughs> yeah yeah, to, to make sense of it all, it wasn't hard to follow. I knew what was going on, but you know, this yeah, you know, the whole plot point in this movie is just difficult to to logically explain. Yeah. what the fuck is going on?
0: Yeah, I he's one of those guys that um, he continually tries to up the ante, you know, and I, I appreciate that about him. I think that Chris Nolan is ambitious like beyond words Um, but I also think that in this case maybe his ambition kind of hung him you know like I think it's a cool attempt at what he's doing Mm -hmm. but I also feel like there's a lot of just gobbledygook in the movie that's him trying to very very quickly explain away things that really need to be thought out more you know I don't know it's weird I don't like to think that Chris Nolan would put out a movie that's, like, Mm half-baked, right? But at the same time, I smell, like, hints of bullshit. Maybe on repeat viewings, it's all there, and maybe it would make sense. But
1: there's things that I just, I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like he had this idea, and he was like, what if, instead of, like, going back in time, you could make objects go back in time but it's not really time travel they're kind of going in an inverse you know they're going in reverse right they're like oh that's a pretty cool idea they're like all right let's, let's sit down and think about this like how can we logically explain that to the audience and he's like we can't so what we're going to do is we're going to have one of the characters who's dealing with this explain to the main character what's going on but she's like hey this is what this looks like hey pretty cool huh he's like yeah and she's like don't try it just, just honestly be like i'm going to cut the bullshit don't even try and reason with it. She looks at him. She looks at the audience, and she's like, "You guys don't need to understand this either. Just fucking go with the movie." And like that's how that scene went. And I was like, "All right, yeah, all right." It wasn't entirely how that scene went, but basically it's pretty it's how close. that scene
0: that was. It's pretty close. <laughs> 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 I mean, it really is not far off. <laughs> yeah. No. I. It's funny because he um he's such a logic based director i feel like he's kind of cold and calculated in his decision making Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but there's been a lot of talk about like feeling 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 like interstellar like what if love is the thing that like unites universes and like time you know and it's like okay and then this one it's like you don't need to understand it just feel it and i'm like i feel like you're known for the opposite thing man Like, I feel like your entire filmography is about, like, precision. You know what I mean? It's all, like, about timing. Like, every one of his scores for every one of his films features almost like a ticking clock as the, like, undercurrent beat. I think of, like, you know, he did the Dark Knight trilogy, and, like, every one of those has the... It's a clock over and over and over. And Interstellar deals with time in a very, very insane way, you know? It's a major part, part of the story. Inception, same thing. You have time slowing down, mm-hmm. you know? He's all about, like, he likes time, and it shows in the movies that he's made, because it's all, it's all about that precision, right? And this movie felt a little sloppy to me. Like, it just didn't feel the same as his other films. I think it was rushed. Well, like, I can't if, believe that it was. I mean, yeah. they were ready to go earlier this year. Yeah. So he would have even had more time to edit huh? if he wanted to. Yeah. This is apparently the way he intended it to be
1: filmed. I feel like it was edited a little weird. Just like, I don't know, something like the way they, I don't know if this happens all the time in movies and I just notice it in this one in particular, but like, a scene when they're in, you know, they're at dinner and like they're talking, um, the main character and you know the protagonist and whatever her name is I forget um, I don't know
0: the, the well she's Elizabeth DeBecky is her uh, actress name and I can't
1: remember her character off the top of my head but like their responses to each other it's like the camera would just cut cut to one person cut to the other cut to one person and it was just yeah. like was going back and forth like that and I was like I'm like starting to get dizzy with the way this is just like cutting back and forth in conversation. Yeah, he would have liked, like, a a wider shot a couple of times. Maybe, at least, to cut it out. But it was just, like, I don't know. And then the guy, the protagonist... I've never seen this dude in anything before. No. But I feel like every time he spoke, he just, like... It was, like, obvious that he was just, like, waiting in anticipation to say his line. You know, it was weird. Like, it wasn't, like, a, a clean conversation. It was, like, I know exactly what I'm going to say before you even even tell me you know like yeah it was weird his delivery I don't know if it was just I don't know man yeah I've never noticed it with anyone before but I was just like listening to the way this guy just like he was just too confident in everything he said yeah it's like he knew what he was going to say and the way it came out Mm mhm yeah he didn't seem
0: like natural like he was in the moment yeah I could see that yeah, there's a, the, I, I guess I didn't notice... And I don't want to pick on people, alright? I'm not going to pick on people, alright? I'm just going to say it, okay? I'm just going to say it. Don't get mad, alright? But I guess I didn't notice his delivery because I was distracted by his beard. His beard is very oddly shaped, and I couldn't stop looking at it because it was just strange. He had, like, a circle beard. Like, it went out like this... Like that, Mm. like the like is very strange to me. I was just like, is that the look we're doing? Yeah. Like, should we all be aiming for that? I just felt like you should trim down on the sides a little bit. Just trim down on the sides a little bit to give his face like some more uh, some more angle.
1: But round faces are in, dude.
0: We're good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad I lost weight.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna. I you know it it just. It was just one of those things that I I was watching and I was just like, I don't know if I like the the styling of this dude, you know? Mm. Which I know is a weird thing to say, but it's like, he's your lead character. Like, if anybody's going to be the most considered visually, it has to be your lead. And there's just something about his beard that's bugging me. But It reminded me of... (laughs) Back in the 70s, they made uh, G.I. Joe action figures that had felted beards that had, like, actual, like, felty beards Uh that were, like, you could, like, rub... I don't know. I don't know why you get a G.I. Joe and rub his face. That's what they did. I don't know why. But, like, when I was looking at this fucking guy, I was like, he looks like he's one of those G.I. Joes. I couldn't get it out of my head the entire movie. It was bothering me. (laughs) He is, I believe, Denzel Washington's
1: son. Oh, is he? Yep. John David Washington. Um... Oh yeah, I see what you're saying with the GI Joe with the felt beards. You get it, right? Like yeah. that, all I
0: could all I could see the entire movie. It <laughs> was like this is a GI Joe from the 70s. Um but yeah, no. I uh Yeah, I guess I I I I could I could feel that. Like he's he seemed a little bit unnatural. Um And I don't think that it's because he's like i wouldn't put put it past nolan to be like ha huh, i tricked you and like he's going backwards so maybe like because he already knows like he's you know what i'm saying like yeah. he's saying things in reverse so he's not you know he he already knows what was said or something sh- i don't know right but i, I feel like that would break the laws of the I I have trouble even understanding the laws of the film that they put together because I like he's experiencing time in reverse at one point while the other version of him is experiencing time forward and I feel like the one that's experiencing time in reverse I don't I don't really understand the the charted path that he went on. Like, I, I feel like I need to, I need to go back and, and, and watch it a couple more times because when I think about that fight and how that fight went down, he comes out of the, the thing that inverts time, right? Mm-hmm. They start fighting. And then it all leads back to, like, this, this drop-down gate that leads to outside, they're at an airport something like that. Leads to outside. Um, and then the explosion happens. The explosion is what sends him sailing through the door into the fight. So it makes... I guess it makes sense, but, it, like, visually it's very, very confusing to have one character going in reverse and one character going forward and interacting like that. It's
1: very hard to follow in some spots. And it's very weird with, like, the going in, in reverse thing because it's like you see them just kind of moving at their own will and then like get into something like a fight and it seems like they just get like a force like outside of them that's just controlling them it's weird you know yeah you watch the movie and like they're just going along they're doing whatever and they get into like a fight and it's like oh this is in reverse and like he gets like sucked out like you said from like out that door there right and it's just like he didn't do that. He didn't move his own body, but before that, it seemed like he was in control of himself. I don't know. It's very weird.
0: Because we don't see it until later, but the airplane explodes.
1: Yeah. And when it explodes, it sends him through that door. Yeah, no, I know. I know why. I but just like... The first, yeah. It's just like the aspect of being in control of your actions. Like, when you go in reverse, I know it kind of already happened, but it's like, when you go in reverse, and you... Like, do you have control of your body at all? Or are you just kind of, like, watching? (laughs) No, you must...
0: Because he's... Alright. So he's going in reverse for us. Right. Right? But... For him, it's like... It's like, imagine, like, there's... There's time, the construct, and then there's our individual perception of time. Right? So, even though, for him, he's... It seems like he's... For us it seems like he's going in reverse, but mm-hmm. for him he's going forward. You know what I mean? Which is why Kinda. like so yeah. he he gets blasted through the door, slides across the floor and then bam, mm-hmm. the other version of him is on top of him. And he's like, "Oh shit, I remember this." And then the fight starts. Right? The fight's going going going, right? And then remember the part where you know Pattinson is standing on the other side of the glass and he's like what happened here pointing mm-hmm. to the bullet holes in the glass and John David Washington's like I don't know it hasn't happened yet and then all of a sudden that door opened up and the fight started right well if you look at the way he, co- he comes out of that door it's clear that he was running away from himself mm-hmm. you know like he is turning towards that jumping through and then he runs past Pattinson So it's like, it's, yeah, it's mind bendy, but he's going, he's going forward. So everything he's doing currently, like he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't know, it's not that he doesn't have control of his body, but he definitely knows what he did before. You know, he knows what the other person's going to do before they do it, which is why I kind of liked in the choreography. It seemed like none of the hits were hitting. Do you notice that? no it, like every punch it was like
1: oh like they weren't actually hitting each other yeah it was yeah. really
0: quiet mm-hmm. and it's because he already knew what he was going to do so he was already like prepared to block the punches that he would throw because he knew what he had done before yeah which was kind of cool
1: I feel like if I got in a fight with someone I knew every punch that were going to throw I'd get hit a lot <laughs> I don't think I'd be, still even be able to block them but, but I guess with the training that he's John had John David yeah. Washington man, yeah yeah the training he's in yeah i'm just saying like someone's like okay he's gonna throw like a left hook a right hook a right hook and a left hook i'd be like wow fuck what's sequence again and i'm like bam bam Next, I know i'm on well
0: because we've done kickboxing and stuff and sometimes it's like i have no idea what i'm supposed to do like yeah, i can't i
1: could do it a, a he whisted off 12 things i could do the combo like six times and i'm like wait a second am i doing this right yeah well i I, I Yeah, I
0: definitely think that one of the things is not only is he a trained fighter, but also he's probably trained at noticing things about his opponents. Mm-hmm. So he might be consciously, like, you know, cataloging moves and counter moves so that everybody fights different, so it's like a fingerprint, you know? Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, he should have been like, that dude fought just like
1: me.
2: You know what I mean?
0: He should have been onto it earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah
1: took a while to figure that out. Yeah. It's pretty obvious <laughs> right away that he was fighting himself. I assumed that that was going on in like in the beginning when he got saved by someone. Yeah. I was like that's probably him and like, you know, I don't want to say the future because time and the past, and the future and the present and you move lateral and I, I don't know, man.
0: Well, it definitely seems like there's people it seems like they figured out how to invert time mm-hmm. in the future and now they're just rolling backwards. You know? There's... there's, I don't, It's hard to break this movie down. They're basically trying to stop World War III because at some point in the future some bad stuff goes down and basically time inversion is used to send artifacts into the past so that They are hidden from the people of the future, and hopefully help not lead to that, World War III. Mm -hmm. So our job presently is to try to keep those artifacts separate, you know? Keep them apart from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a pretty cool concept. I like that, that's a cool idea. but I don't think it's, I don't think it's executed super well. And, and you know, I think of Nolan as, like, the maestro of mayhem, you know? Like, he is, like, top tier when it comes to, like, we're going to blow up a building. And it's like, you are? What are you using, miniatures? And he's like, no, we're going to blow up a building, you know? And you're like, holy shit, you know? Or it's like, we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, pull a plane out of the sky with another plane and you're like, how are you doing that? And he's like, well, we do have to use miniatures, but we're going to hang a fuselage off a fucking helicopter. There's going to be stunt performers inside the fuselage. There's going to be stunt performers outside of the fuselage. Then we're going to drop that motherfucker straight out of the sky and watch it smash off the ground into a million pieces. And you're like, that's fucking nuts. You know, like he always is doing this stuff. Like always, but we're not gonna crash a tractor trailer truck. We're gonna flip it, nose over ass, just bam, like that, and it's gonna smash down in the middle of the street. We're like, oh my god! We're like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna like CGI the buildings around it so that it's not, you know, in danger of hitting anything, or you know. And, and he's like, no, we're gonna do it right here on the street in Chicago. And you're like, well, what about the structures underground? And he's like, we have a a foot of space on either side of the truck after it flips, and as long as we hit within that exact range we won't crash through the pavement and you're like you want to take that risk he's like oh hell yeah i do and that's what they do so like i think of his work and i just think about the the, all right he's cerebral he's pretty smart but boy does he love an explosion and he loves stunts loves Mm -hmm. crazy shit he's always trying to push the envelope of what you can do so you tell me that this guy is doing a movie where people are moving in reverse and I'm like oh oh the things you could do Mm -hmm. with that concept like the set pieces that you could you could do with you know destruction going in reverse right like oh how cool would that be that would be amazing right and then he fucking just didn't do it like we got a car chase and they drove a plane into a building Mm. they had like a war and that was really it that those are the big stunt set pieces of the film and it's like i'm sorry it's a little lackluster after that fucking hallway fight in inception like (laughs) there's nothing in this movie that holds a candle to any of the shit that he did before and that i found a little bit outrageous just because it's like Got time going in reverse. I'm talking about shit where, like, a character could go, like, they could be like, How are we going to get into that building? Like, there's a, there's a, there's, oh man, this is such a cool, all right, ready? There's a, all right, oh, there's a, there's something that they need that's in a completely locked, secure facility, right? And they're like, Well, how are we going to get into it? And they know that it exploded, right? Blew up right so now they have to like they they start going like well hang on like if we can digitally can we digitally feel figure out where uh <laughs> can we digitally figure out where the pieces of the building went right and it's like yes we can and we know that this debris is from that floor like this is the floor of the spot in the building where you need to be right so then they take that character and they put him in like a box that would survive a blast right and they put him on that floor after the explosion like they're inverted right so they arrive after the explosion has happened and they bring the box into the rubble and then they put him there and then they all take off and they fucking run and then the explosion happens in reverse and this dude gets lifted through the air on this piece of floor that had flown out of the building during the explosion and just vroom and he's back inside the building and then he can get out of the box grab what he needs you know walk out of the building inverted go somewhere get reoriented forward and you have your thing like that shit would be fucking cool like i want to see that stuff but i just feel like we got like Look, the car is driving backwards.
2: Yeah, I yeah. was <laughs> like, oh,
0: man, <laughs> this is intense. <laughs> now that you put it
1: that way, I, I am kind of upset about that.
0: Don't you feel like there's more opportunity yeah. with the concepts? They, they just... They, I, I just feel like they fumbled the concept. It was like, a, it's such a cool idea, and they just don't utilize it the way that... Like, the most effective way, mm-hmm. you know? Um... What do you think about Pattinson? It was cool. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have like a. It's kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't feel. Everybody was comparing this one to Inception, is what they were like. They kept bringing that up, like, oh, it's gonna be like another Inception. And I feel like the characters in Inception are way more interesting. Like, the yeah, relationship between Arthur, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character, and Eames, and Tom Hardy character, like, they're, like, big brother, little brother, mm. kind of, like, back and forth with each other. thought that was great in that movie. And I just feel like all those character relationships are much more... They're better thought out in Inception. And in this one, I just... I, I felt like Neil... Robert Pattinson was sort of in a place where he was um, trying to operate in that same space as, like, Arthur or Eames, you know? But I just don't... I didn't feel the, um... the spirit as much. Like, Eames, you can tell in Inception kind of gets a kick out of the whole thing. Like, he's enjoying himself. Mm. You know? Um, Arthur is a little bit more reserved a little bit more precise you know but in this uh in this i just everybody kind of felt flat a little bit Yeah, something yeah, odd about that the only person that really didn't feel flat was the villain who was played by Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. who is the director of Thor for those of you that enjoy the Marvel movies um oh, shit yep that's the director of the original Thor um and he was absolutely fucking terrifying. <laughs> I I liked his performance a lot. I know people people always do this when somebody gives like a really strong portrayal of somebody that's villainous. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, they're hamming it up," you know? They're chewing the scenery. They're this, they're that. And I'm like, "Or he's just really like really committed to showing the nastiest, most vile, despicable son of a bitch that you could imagine." Mm-hmm. You know? And I kind of I like that he went that way I was scared of him and I was scared for Elizabeth the Becky as well I was like it just felt like his scope and his his reach would be so far like even if you Mm -hmm. ran from
1: him you wouldn't be gone long yeah you know Uh, I, I like the exchange between him and the protagonist at that like little dinner party they invited him to. Oh, that was great. And he's like, I'm gonna cut, cut your balls off, slit your throat, and like stick your balls in your throat. And he's like talking about how, it's like it's how funny it is to watch a man like choking on his own balls, trying to take them out of his throat. Like I don't know, it was just so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then the protagonist is just cracking jokes at him. <laughs> yeah. That's just usually how you feed your guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was really funny. He, I he, I did like the the uh, comedic relief points in this movie. I think they nailed them.
0: You know, that's something about Nolan is he he has like a like a mischievous streak. Like he likes those little jokes, mm-hmm. um, those little moments, and I think it humanizes plots that could otherwise like he is cold and cerebral. Yeah. And I think if he didn't have the jokes, it would it would be like a dehumanized you know story. But I think, like, those little human moments are very, um, very needed. And they're very well done in this movie. I actually read a review where somebody called this humorless. And I was, like, negative.
1: Yeah, I think there are a lot of funny
2: parts. In
0: this I movie. think so. Especially if you, like, one one director I would go is closer to humorless is Snyder. The guy that did, you know, Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. you know. But even, you know, he has some moments of levity, but they're hard fought. You need to get through a lot of really abysmal stuff to get to those points. Um, which, to be clear, I'm not necessarily against. But no one, I always feel like I get a kick out of what he does. You know? I, mm-hmm. I think he's... I think he is amusing. I think he does have maybe a dry... He has the British sense of humor. You mm-hmm. know? Kind of dry. But I... um yeah, I thought it was I thought there were quite a few moments
1: that were funny, you know. Right, right. It's like when uh they're in the the art gallery and mm-hmm. um you he know, gave Pants in the tour of, of like what happens there when like if there was a fire or anything, it's go like, oh, you suck the oxygen out, you know, you get ten second warning or whatever. And um when they actually go to, like, through the fall through plan and the alarm goes off and he's like Sit 10 seconds right <laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> that was pretty funny and, and I just gets out I like
0: that it's like humor that's used to achieve a goal mm-hmm. like he's he says that and by putting that in the air it's like that he gets the other guy to go like oh shit and take off uh-huh. you know so I like the I like those things and and you know no one's clever with that he's done that Many times, where it's, like, the power of suggestion through, like, kind of this little bit of humor is used to achieve plot points,
1: you know? Um, that definitely wasn't ten seconds, though. No, it was pretty quick, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. they were probably, like, six feet from the door when that alarm went off. And yeah. then he's like, ten seconds, right? And the guy bolts <laughs> to the door that's, like, almost closed at that point. It's yeah. like, dude, they give you, like, a four-second warning. Yeah. <laughs> like, you better be next to a fucking door you're done. Man. It's a ama- it's amazing
0: like the way that they talked about that, where it's like, well we care about the people's property more about anybody that gets
1: trapped inside. Mm-hmm. Which is like, Jesus. Wow. Well, I mean I think he has in his mind that I mean so it's funny, when it's first explaining how that happens. If you get caught in there then you're like, you're dead. Right. But you know, when they they get where they want to be and they're in there and they're unlocking doors in a different corridor so they can like breathe in between navigating through right and then once they're done they lay on the floor like they're dead so when the people come back in so clearly you can be revived from that right and it's like they kind of glossed over that like really quickly though (coughs) they have the scene where the guys the paramedics walk in the next thing you know like it just cuts to a scene and they're alive and okay and like no one questioned it yeah it's weird yeah that is weird there was like a, a couple things a couple spots in this movie where i feel like something happened and then it just wasn't you know when, like someone should like question that maybe or like they should have been like a little bit more added on to this on like how they got from point a to point b but they just jump jump right to point b in, like a different scene like, in, like what happened yeah i felt like like you said that's why i was like a little like weird about, like, the editing. I'm like, did he, was he rushed? Because, like, things just seemed a little choppy at times. But, I mean, this... A film like this, I'm sure, is difficult. I think it's, like... Really it, difficult. To film.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, that, you know, you have a... You have a director that... I don't know, man. It's almost... It's, like... I see what he's trying to do, and I understand him being like, well, I don't want to do a bunch of expository dialogue, you know, Mm -hmm. to explain everything that's going on, so I'll try to give really quick answers so that people can just move on with the story, but at the same time, I'm like, some of the exposition in Inception is like like some of my favorite shit in the movie, when they're just explaining how it works you know, Mm -hmm. how time works in dreams, how the layers work, how they're gonna build the different levels of the dream, you know, and and all of that stuff. I love that. I was like, this is awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. And you also, yes, you're getting a bunch of exposition that helps explain what the fuck's going on in the next parts of the movie, because without it, you'd be like, ah. But also you're getting, you're deepening the character relationships throughout all that. Those are the scenes where you get to see, like, uh, Ellen Page be like, what's a kick? And then Tom Hardy, like, slip his toe. Joseph gordon levitts like, leaning back in his chair, so he only has the two legs of the chair on the ground. And Tom Hardy, like, slips his foot under one of the front legs and tips his foot up. And it causes Joseph gordon levitt to almost tip backwards and catch himself. And then he's like, that's a kick. So it's, like, all these, like, like him picking on Arthur, his little brother, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. you get to see those relationships before shit gets real, whereas this, it's, like, none of these characters... Like, you find out at the end of the movie that Neil has known uh, the protagonist forever, you know? Um, but up until that point it just feels very much like they're separate and and they don't really know each other that well at all you don't get to see them interacting Mm -hmm. and you don't really feel that 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 same sense of camaraderie built up between them Mm -hmm. seem like completely separate entities you know right
1: well he poses the question early on in the movie you know he asked neil who recruits him He's like, I can't tell you that. You know, that's just gonna make things more difficult. So mm-hmm. then, like, towards the end of the movie, he's like, Hey, you no. Know, well, so before that, he promised him, like, Yeah, if we make it out alive, uh, make it out of this thing alive, I'll, I'll tell you, whatever. So like, then the movie comes, and he's like, Hey, who recruited you? And I feel like it was a very like, you're not seeing Grandma's boy. And he's like, Where do you get your weed from? And he's like, You, Dante. I feel like that. Was <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> It was kind of like a moment like that, and he's like, "Who did you?" And he's like, "You did, you know?" It just... Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, it was it was a very strange, almost like um. Like. It reminded me of of like uh like, Top Gun, that type of stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like the like. I don't know how to explain it? That the way that that was shot. The ending of that movie you have the sunset happening and john david washington and robert pattinson like yeah we're like best friends and everything i'll see you around man and it, it felt like an 80s movie you know mm. like these characters their adventures over but they'll see each other again you know <laughs> and like walking off into the sunset and shit like, yeah 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 I felt like it was going to be like, don't you, boom, boom, do ba- forget about it? Yeah, like a Breakfast Club you know? ending. Yeah, like I really, Just that's how brought, it felt.
1: throws his hand up. Yeah. freezes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then he goes down into the bunker thing and gets shot in the head. Mm-hmm. You know? Spoiler alert. Don't listen to the show if you haven't seen the movie. Um, Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. It It was a clunky. It was a it was a clunky piece of machinery.
1: Definitely have to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna when it comes out, I'll watch it again.
0: What did you think about Brono? I, I know I talked about him a little bit, but like as a villain, did you? How did you feel? Um. Did you feel like he was too over the top, or did you like him?
1: I really didn't care for him, to be honest. No? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Didn't enjoy the performance? Yeah. Wasn't a fan. It's weird. I
0: don't know. I've heard, like, a couple of people talk about him and be sort of uh, sort of on the fence. Yeah. I, I appreciate him going all out, though. I feel like I he was a legitimately... I don't know. Mm. I, I, was, I was concerned <laughs> throughout the movie about mm-hmm. him. Seemed yeah. plenty dangerous.
1: You know, I don't know what it was. I mean, he just, he, he said he could, like, flip a switch. There were times where I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe he's all business and mm. you know, he's not like an animal. And mm. then there's, like, moments where he, like, gets just, like, just flips that switch there. Mm. I don't know. I can't
0: explain it. When he was threatening, like, the abuse towards Debecky, there's a moment where he, like, grabbed the pillow and he was just like, here, you can bite down on this and, like, whipped it at her. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, no. You know? And it's just so calm and collected as he's, like, taking his cufflinks off and, and like, preparing yeah. like to to do some harm on her. That was a weird scene. So what led up to that was almost a Mad Max Fury Road moment
2: mm-hmm.
0: where Debecky leans forward while they're on this boat. It's like catamaran. catamaran. Um, she leans forward and she grabs him and she said something to him over the roar of all the water and the score. Yeah, I... Did you hear it? I don't hear what she said. No. I had no fucking clue what she said. No, no. I was... And
1: then... That's something I was pissed off about with that scene because that was like supposed to be an important meeting, and like they have it on this boat and you can't hear fucking anything. There's no. a lot going on. It's really annoying. But go
0: so, she grabs him and she unharnesses him from the catamaran and then dumps him in the water, right? I have fallen off of boats. Don't ask. <laughs> I have done tubing, you know, where you're dragged behind the boat, and I've fallen off of that. Never have I done that and been, like, knocked unconscious. Uh, Like, water is my kryptonite, and now I'm going to drown. Uh And they set that up. Like, she throws him off the boat thinking that it will kill him, or that it will at least knock him out, and then he'll drown. Which is what happens. And
1: I'm like, that's not how that works. Like, that is so weird. That was a very odd scene. I agree, I'm like, why is he unconscious just floating in the water? Like, all oh, she was push off the boat. <laughs> yeah. It was just a very, like... I don't know. I don't
0: know. Nolan is, is a guy that, like, has seemed to shy away from violence in a lot of ways. Like, you think about the Dark Knight trilogy, right? That's my... Probably the best example of, like, him trying to avoid violence. There are two moments in those movies that have blood. One is Bruce gets stabbed with a sword in Batman Begins and the other one is Bruce has like a bloody nose after he fights Bane. And the rest of those movies don't have blood in them. Huh. But think about like your perception of those films. You know? Your perception of those films is like, yeah, the Joker's like cutting people and shooting people and, you know, there's war happening and there's you know, what I mean? it, 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 there's so much darkness, but it's like he will—he just turns away. Like, oh, I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, squeamish.
2: Yeah.
0: This is the first movie where I feel like he's, like, embraced the dark side and, like, shown some shit that was general, genuinely disturbing. Like, <laughs> I thought, Kenneth Branagh, as all villains should, eventually, you know, goes the way of the dodo. And uh, Debecky has to, like, throw him off the boat Mm -hmm. but it's like boats are like are like uh like cakes so every layer gets a little bit smaller so they're on like one of the upper layers and she fucking shoves him off the thing and like you see him go down and you're like oh he ain't gonna clear that and he doesn't he fucking like whacks the back of his neck off the fucking side of the boat and then does like another flip through the air and like as he's falling through the air the second time it's like to me I think they probably had a dummy mm-hmm. that they, like, gave it, like, a wiggly worm neck. Yeah. Because I was like, his neck is fucking broken as shit. Like, the way he was falling and his head just was not moving in concert with the rest of his body. I was like, Jesus. It was so brutal looking.
1: Yeah, that was a cool scene.
0: And then they dragged him behind the boat that they left yeah, on. And I was yeah. like, why, though? Why? Hide Are they the just going to hide the body? I is that so. all it is? Yeah. felt like a, like a, um, it felt like a, uh. Like when they killed Gaddafi. It was like a big parade and everybody was just dragging his body. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he definitely, like... This was the more brutal... This is the most brutal I've seen him uh, do in a movie. I don't know if that's like a... I, I don't know why. I don't know what changed. But it just seems like he was more willing... He even did a war movie and I felt like the war movie I didn't really see hmm you know the blood and glory
1: you know it was weird too when she when she went to the boat before he uh came back up she like unhooked that railing part that she slid him off after she shot him right like she knew yeah that like that was her plan the whole time yeah which like it's interesting. Yeah, she she had the idea,
0: at least, that she was going to dump him off dump the him side. Dump him off the side there, yeah. That, like, that's how that was going to go down. Yeah, if everything went... As, yeah, according yeah. to plan. I just,
1: yeah. I was like, I just don't prepare to do that. Like, I don't know. Because like, anything could have happened. I don't know, like, you know, thinking about dumping someone off the side of her, i like, yeah, just don't you know, throw him off. And then she's like, in her head, she's like, wait, I wouldn't be able to do that, <laughs> so let me just unhook this. Right. I don't know, yeah. it seemed like it was very, like, Clearly methodical. Which she was do. That's like, kind of a feminine think, quality, though. I wouldn't think to do that before. You know, yeah, I just fucking toss the guy over the boat. Fuck it. And then I'm like, wait, I can't let this dude. He's like 185 pounds of dead weight.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a very feminine quality. I bet you would. I bet most women would take that into consideration. Yeah, <laughs> I'm know? sure
1: they. She's pictured doing that many, yeah. t- many, many times before this even came right. to fruition. <laughs> yeah, and she's like that. To Becky, um,
0: is very slight, you know, slender. Tall, but slender.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen her in a couple of things before. I really like her as an actress a lot. I don't know if I have seen her. She was in a movie called Widows a little while ago, and, um, she was excellent in it. I really, um, I haven't seen her in too many things, but every time I see her, I'm like, yes! It's exciting. Yeah. Um... What else do we have? I
2: don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't this know. one's surprisingly hard to talk about.
1: Yeah, I can't explain like what was going on. Yeah,
0: I felt like we were gonna sit down and like we were just like things were just gonna pour out really
1: fast, but oh, dude, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, she was the the gold alien. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just looking around and like, oh, I wonder if I've seen her or anything. But, like, the second saw Guardians, I'm like, oh, I know it. Yeah, I yeah. recognize it now. That's where I've seen it from. Man, and, she was in Gatsby. Yeah. The Man from U.N.C.L.E. I don't know if I've seen that one. The Man from U.N.C.L.E. was okay. Not my favorite thing. Yeah. Didn't look too interesting to me. <coughs> yeah. Ugh, man.
0: I heard a theory that I kind of like. Yeah? Yeah, so Maximilian. Is, is is her and Kenneth Branagh's son,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? But there are people that pointed out that... Actually, Haley said it when we went to see it. Haley was like, I didn't really like the blonde highlights in Pattinson's hair. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, there are people that are like, Why does he have blonde highlights in his hair? And there are people that are like, their son, Debecki and Bronow's son, has blonde hair. Right? And then they're like, Max, shut up motorcycle. They're like, Max a million, the last part of the name, the way it's spelt in the credits is L-I-E-N, which if you inversed it, which is important to the story, you oh, get Neil. No shit. So, there are people that think that Pattinson is actually Debecki's son.
1: No way. That's a pretty cool fucking theory. I like that idea.
0: Yeah. And like, then it change. It even changes the way that you think about the relationship that he has with. Oh my god. They're having the beat up old car show down at the Apparently. at the park. So sorry, guys. I will get another computer one day. I swear to God I will. Um, Yeah. So, that changes even the relationship between uh, John David Washington and Robert Pattinson, where it's like, Pattinson doesn't just think of him as, like, a friend, but he almost thinks of him as, like, a father, because presumably, like... They're gonna. There's the backlog of information, where Debecky and him know each other. So then, however, he meets Max, in the future, is going to come with probably like, oh, I'm a friend of your mother's, you mm-hmm. know, and the mother being like, this is a good man, blah blah blah, you know. Right. So Pattinson would have been around with him for, you know, maybe 20 years, hanging out.
1: Yeah. If that's the, if that is the case, I, I'd have to watch it again and like pay attention to the way. uh Neil and, and her kind of connect there. Does he ever... Do they meet? Now that I think... Oh, they, you know what? They do, because yeah. she gets shot. When she gets like shot, yeah. I feel... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I mean, maybe because he knows that she doesn't die, maybe that's why he's not... Not concerned. Not too concerned, because it doesn't seem to like, you know, if someone watching your mother get shot, I feel like he'd have a pretty strong reaction to it.
0: But he doesn't seem like he has a strong reaction to anything. Anything, yeah. He seems very because, much... I
1: mean, he's going in reverse, so he kind of, like, knows... Yeah, most of the time, right? That, you know, if they succeed, then... Or If he's... they don't succeed, they all die. But if they do succeed, then it's fine. Yeah,
0: he's like, he's, like, gone in reverse, and now he's forward... I don't know how... I don't know... I don't know. There's, <laughs> like, so much stuff in this movie mm-hmm. that you just are, like, I wish that you just could have explained things a little bit cle- more clearly. Yeah. I remember when... Um, DiCaprio is explaining, like, uh, in In Ince- sorry, I'm switching gears, yeah. Inception. Inception, DiCaprio's explaining how he planted the idea that the reality that he and Maul were living in was not real, okay? He did it by spinning the totem, the top, mm-hmm. and leaving it in the safe. So when she found it and she saw that the top was just spinning, she was like, oh my god, this is a dream. We're not in real life. So that convinced her and him to go down to the train tracks, put their head on the train tracks, and commit the suicide. And then they went back to their real world. Mm-hmm. And that's how Maul got, like, possessed by the idea that, like, oh, my God, reality isn't real. Reality isn't real. And then the real world wasn't real to her, too. And then she tried to kill herself to get out of the dream, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, but all of that is, DiCaprio is explaining it, And then as he's explaining it, they're showing, like, they're showing footage of the things that happened in the past, right? I feel like when Neil is explaining that, like, oh, I've been doing this for, you know, like, he's talking about it, like, I'll see you on the next pass. Like, as he just keeps going like this. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps going forward and backwards and forward and backwards over and over and over again, and that's mm-hmm. his life. Um, I feel like they should have shown that shit. You could have shown, like, other moments in the movie where, like, other Neils were, like, nearby, you know, watching it, mm-hmm. so that, watching the things that we had already seen so that they knew what they needed to do next to make this thing work. Yeah. And I feel like the fact that they didn't do that leaves so many unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, like... Would Neil... Because this isn't time travel. It's not like you just go... It's not like you go from... One point in time just magically to another. You actually have to live that amount of time backwards. So... If Neil is from the future... Right? Where John David Washington... John David Washington recruited him. Right? Like, realistically, Pattinson's like 34. Right? So... John David Washington would recruit him, would have to have recruited him when he was, like, 16, and then send him backwards in time for him to wind up where John David Washington is now. Yeah. So he'd have to travel, he'd have to live life in reverse for 16 years to be that far back.
1: such a mind fuck (laughs) and then
0: also if that's the case then like how well did he actually know John David Washington
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because he would have met the dude and then John David Washington was like here's what we're gonna do we're gonna inverse you and then you have to like hang out for 16 years and then you gotta go to you gotta go meet me in Europe you know like he wouldn't have known him at all Mm -hmm. but the way that he talks about it is like oh yeah we know each other real well unless in the future they figure out immortality and Robert Pattinson was like eighty when he was recruited, and just looked that good, and still looks that good, having lived a hundred, uh, you know, a hundred years in reverse. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's a vampire, so immortal. Yeah. Which is why we shouldn't be concerned about Robert Pattinson getting COVID.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: he'll be all right. I'll recover. These, the the rules of this movie were very um, tough to follow. Didn't yeah. seem like they were well thought out, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Overall, here's what I'll say: I like it, I guess.
1: <laughs> Not yeah. a
0: ringing endorsement. Yeah, I I just feel like I, I did enjoy it. I I just I think that it's a little bit sloppy, and I think that Nolan. I, I don't know, man. I I I appreciate how ambitious Nolan is. Because, and I said this the night that we saw it, but in a world of prequels, sequels, reboots, and just utter garbage that they're throwing out into cinemas, I do feel like Chris Nolan does go out of his way to try to give you something new. Mm -hmm. He really does try to give you something different than what you've seen before. So we've seen time travel, but we've never seen reverse entropy, which is basically like, it's, it's like, in the world of physics, entropy is the idea that um, that things go from organized to disorganized. So the further along something goes, the more ragged it becomes, the more it falls apart. So what he's basically doing is showing that concept in reverse, where everything is moving backwards towards unity, you know? That's cool. no one's ever done that in a movie Mm -hmm. no one's ever thought about that I like this Um, I just think that I just don't think he like utilized it fully I don't
1: know maybe it'll be another one and we'll get what we're looking for
0: did it feel like to you they were setting up the idea of sequels I don't know I dude I don't know maybe it's gonna be a prequel right I don't even know what they're gonna call it maybe this is the last movie yeah and they're they're gonna be like they should have called a ten at three and really fucked everybody up (laughs) (laughs) like what do you mean (laughs) because we're doing it backwards yeah um that'd be interesting if it's a trilogy and the the uh huh if it's a trilogy and this movie doesn't make sense because we needed to see the the last two yeah, to understand it, <laughs> you know, like, right. You can't just jump on at the first one. You really got to start start at the third, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a puzzler. I I I wish that I had more positive feelings about it, but I just I can't be like. I, I got to go with my heart, and I got to say that this is probably my least favorite Nolan movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I got to go with the heart,
1: man.
0: Yeah. You heard it there, folks.
1: <laughs> I
0: was ready to, like, defend it, and I was like, okay, I know it's going to be complicated, but I feel like it'll be reasonable, and I just don't necessarily feel like it's reasonable at this point. hmm They're going to try to see it again. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'm supposed to get a large popcorn and a large drink at uh, AMC for my birthday, and they're doing showtimes now, tentatively, so...
1: Yeah, I heard my, uh, my, well, my brother saw Tenet the same night we did, but at AMC. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, no, Chunky's doesn't seem so, like, cool, because I know that other movie theaters are open now, too, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, still cheap tickets. Yeah, very cheap. If you cheap. don't get food. Mm-hmm. Which, hard not to. Hard not to. <laughs> not with the Wizard of Ozzarella sticks <laughs> on the menu. Yep. All right. Well, I really don't have anything else
0: to say. I take it you don't either? You're done? I'm done. Yeah.
1: Fucking done.
0: I wish that... I don't know. I was really hoping to get another Inception. I don't feel like this is another Inception. But... (laughs) Feels like a step back. But anyways, guys. That's it. The four movies that came out this year were Birds of Prey. uh, Trolls World Tour. Bill and Ted face the music. And uh tenant so it's a pretty wild spread of uh (laughs) of movies across
1: the 12 the 12 months here all right bye thank you guys take care Uh happy birthday ron oh thank you